Hey, welcome to the Spring Hills podcast feed. Today, we've got a sermon replay for you. We now put our sermons on the podcast feed, so you can have easy access to it. Uh, you can go to the Spring Hills app under media, and you can find the podcast feed there, uh, so you can listen to the sermons easily while you're driving to work. You can listen to them on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcast. We we have our feed up. So uh, the sermons are now available to you on the podcast feed. And then, of course, we talk a lot about the sermons throughout our episodes. So those are always good to, to catch up on. If you missed last weekend at church, you can listen to Pastor Brett's sermon here on the feed and then listen to the following episode of the Spring Hills podcast. So check out this message from this past weekend. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing all right? I'm Brett, uh, pastor here at the church, and uh, good to see you. Good to see you guys. And uh, everybody, we're continuing this series called Jesus Who. Uh, who is Jesus? If I were to come up to you, even this morning, and tell me, who is Jesus? Just give me a description. Who is he? What would you say? And everybody has kind of an opinion or likes to have an opinion, but Jesus has spoken for himself. So in this series, we are seeking to hear from him directly. Is that all right? <laughs> so we're looking at different scriptures in which Jesus describes himself and what that means in our lives. So I want to take a look at John chapter 10. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along in John chapter 10, now this is a very famous chapter in the Bible um, where Jesus describes himself as a shepherd, a good shepherd, who lays down his life for the sheep. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then you are a sheep, okay? You're, a, you're part of the fold of which uh, Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd, and we follow him. That's it. We follow him. We listen for his voice, and we follow him. And he leads us to good pasture. He leads us to a better life. You know, like David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want Makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Right? You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. You have a good shepherd cares for you far more than you will, can ever imagine how much he cares for you, and he loves you, and he's given his life for you. Truly, truly, Jesus says, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. What's he talking about? Well, he's going to describe, Jesus is going to describe himself as the gate to the sheepfold. People that don't go through the gate but climb up from the back of the side, look out. They're, they're going to rob the sheep, right? They're going to take the sheep. There are those who are thieves and robbers. They're not true messiahs, true saviors. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. 
To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And this is the picture. In the first century, and even today, you have enclosures, right? Enclosures. And so sheep come in through an opening in the enclosure. Usually the enclosure was rock wall. And there's a way to get in. The sheep come in and they're safe. They're protected from the wolves and the predators and all of that. Uh, the shepherd slays down at the gate uh, during the evening to protect his sheep. But when he wants to take them out, he calls them. He calls them, let's go. Is that what they say? We got any sheep people here? Okay, is that what they say? Let's go? I mean, I don't know. Well, that's what I'd say. Let's go. All right. So the shepherd calls the sheep by name. He knows them by name. Calls them. They recognize his voice. And they follow. You could have multiple uh, groups of sheep in one sheepfold. Like you could have three, for example, four. And the, only the sheep that recognize their shepherd's voice will move when he says, let's go, whatever he says, all right? And he leads them through the gate and takes them out to the pasture. They follow him. There's always follow him. Got to watch out for that one that gets away from the sheepfold, right, in danger. Sheep do not do well when they're not in the company of the shepherd. They just don't do well. The Bible says you and I are like sheep. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. The Lord has laid on him our sins and laid on Jesus our sins, but we're like sheep. And I've seen over the years that sheep, Christians, who get away from the sheepfold don't do well. They're prey. They're prey. You know, for whatever reasons. I mean, I'd say, oh, I don't need, I'm just, I just can't go anymore. I can't be part of the, the fold. But we need to hear from the shepherd, the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus. We need to hear him call our name. We need to hear him lead us and guide us and give us clear direction so that we might follow him and enjoy an abundant life. But we get off by ourselves. We don't do well. A stranger, they will not follow. Sheep will, you know, you can, anybody can go in there and call, and they're only going to respond to the shepherd because they know his voice. And in fact, they will flee from him. They do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, what is he saying to them? He's saying that he's the chief shepherd, and he's the good shepherd. There were some false shepherds. There were some lying shepherds. There were some bad teachers. But he is declaring himself as the main shepherd. So listen to him. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Remember, they don't initially get the metaphor, figure of speech. So now he's going to go back. He's going to explain everything. Okay, I'm the door of the sheep. <clears throat> all right, he says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. They didn't go through the door. They came up other ways, uh, referring to the false teachers, the religious establishment that really wanted to steal from the sheep and did, did, had no interest in their well-being. Jesus is the one, the promised one, who really cares uh, for the sheep, and uh, the sheep didn't listen to the false teachers, but he's the door. If anyone enters me, enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Here's, a, here's like a door to the sheep right here. Um, I don't know what this guy's doing. And one here, one here. We got a problem, but it made for a nice image anyway. This is probably more accurate where you see the enclosure with the rocks all around. And then the shepherd, this is the gate. When Jesus says, I am the gate 
of the sheep. You know, those who they hear my voice, they go in through me to find pasture uh, in and in out. That's what he's referring to. And that shepherd would sleep there at night so that wolves can't come in and get the sheep and protect them and love them and all of that. Jesus says he is the gate. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Now, there's only one way into the pasture or out to the pasture. There's only one way into the fold. It's by the gate. Anybody who comes up from a different way is a thief and a robber. Jesus says, I am the gate. Okay, he's the, the gate. There aren't many gates. There's one gate, definite article, the gate. He doesn't say, I am one of the gates. Clearly, the definite article, I am the gate. Not a dozen ways to get to Jesus and be saved. There are not a dozen ways to approach God. There is one door. There is one way. There is one Savior, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ, who says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I, referring to himself, am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now that message plays in here because most of us in here are like, I believe, Pastor. But that doesn't play well with people that aren't here, people out in the world. They're like, how narrow-minded can you be? You Christians, you're so arrogant. You think you're the, like, Jesus, your belief? That's the only way. There are a lot of different ways up the mountain, man. There's a lot of different gates. But that is not the teaching of the Scripture. There is one gate. It's Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus Christ because only through him do we find forgiveness of sins. Sin is the thing that keeps you and me out of eternal life, out of the paradise, the kingdom that's coming. And when sin needs to be removed, there's only one who can remove it. It's the eternal son of God. He is the, the gate. In uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter preached a great sermon and he said, the name, the name of Jesus, he said, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, but the name of Jesus Christ. Narrow-minded, exclusive. I hope in this series, who is Jesus? He's been claiming every week. I've been showing it to you. I'll show it again. He's been, he's been claiming to be the son of God. He's been claiming to be the eternal son made flesh through the virgin birth who died for our sins and rose again. That's his claim. That's his self-claim. Either he's true and he really is and we need to listen or he's insane. And as they'll say in a little bit, you have a demon. They don't get it. Where are you at? Who is Jesus to you? Just a teacher? Just a good moral teacher? A, an example to follow? Exemplar? Is Christianity about, for you, moralism, ethics, showing up at church, feeling good about yourself because you, you know, did the right thing this week, staying on the right track? Is that what Christianity is? I would offer to you from every passage we looked at, that's not what it is. It's knowing the shepherd. It's hearing his voice. It's being led by him. It's following him. It's a relationship. And he claims exclusive, uh, exclusivity to the truth. Now, People think we're narrow-minded. They think that believers are arrogant. And they teach that there's many truths. That truth is 
dependent on the one who holds it. So your truth is yours, mine is mine. They're equally valid. Well, that's absurd. If your truth is valid, even though mine's different and mine's valid, there is no truth. But that's the way our world wants to teach it. There is no truth. It's just your truth. Now, because the Bible reveals that there's a God who created us, an eternal God who has spoken in Scripture, spoken through the prophets, he has declared, God has declared what truth is. There is such a thing as absolute truth. It proceeds from him. Jesus says, I am the door. You don't come by me, you're lost. Any questions? I can't say that. I'm not saying that by me. Yeah, it's him. Say, oh, well, it just seems like there should be all kinds of ways. You know, it feels good. Like, your religion's great, and your religion's cool, and mine is. We're just all in this big, eclectic sort of group of everybody believes whatever they want. Does that feel good to you? Does it? I don't feel, that feels really uh, like nailing jello to a wall or something like that. I'm just like, what is that? You know, you, um, truth by nature is exclusive, all right? They can't, everything's not true. You have a phone number, <clears throat> right? You have a cell phone number. I want to text you, connect with you. I have, to, I have to dial or put in your exact number. I can't be off one digit or I don't get you. There's only one number for you. How narrow-minded of AT&T or Verizon to... <laughs> Can't we just hit something and get everybody? Isn't, that's, the thinking, that's the thinking, basically, of so many. And they're so proud about it. Like, there's all kinds of truth. It doesn't matter. Well, no, no, no. There's an exclusive truth. Jesus says, I am the door. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants us to enjoy pasture, wants us to enjoy fullness of life, wants you to experience in your soul an abundance uh, in, a, in a real meaningful, purposeful life, knowing him, knowing the Son of God, knowing his presence in your life. No hugs from the pastor today, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm hiding back here. We're in the drum cage. I'm just hiding Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. Now, let's talk about those who aren't here today. <clears throat> you know what they think about you being here at church? Uh, those who aren't here, and I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about Christians now. I'm talking about people that, you know, spiritually they're not there yet. They're not believers. You know what they think about you being here? It's like, get a life, man. You know, what is this thing, this narrow <clears throat> set of restrictions you're applying to yourself? All that, all that cramped morality and ethics and doing all the right thing. I don't want any part of that. I, I, uh, you know, I grew up in the country, man. I want to go to the city and have some fun. I want to get to. I want. I want to live life. You guys, look at you. We're studying the Bible. What is that? Narrow, judgmental of other people. It's just, I don't. I want part. I want to have some fun in life. Isn't that the picture? Right. So people think, I want to give in to my emotions, my desires, my passions. I want to go out, I want to have a few beers, maybe more than that, and get drunk and all that. 
boy, this is, be careful if that's being recorded. Let's keep it in context, all right. I want to go out, I want to get drunk, I want to party, I want to go to the bar, meet some fun people, maybe go home with somebody. That sounds like really an exciting life. Sounds fun, these good people. Only that you don't hear about the next day. Feel sick, hardly move, headache. I want to go to work. Relationships breaking down because you're out of control. Alcohol taking your health away. The guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the lack of confidence, the destruction of the soul. That's what is offered to you out there. Go on, have fun. You know, let's go to Vegas. It's whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. People get destroyed in their soul from places like that. I had a professor said, and I've told you this before, this won't be the last time, he used to say, you never find in sin what you go into sin to find. Can I give that to you again, sheep? <laughs> you wander away from the fold. You never find in sin what you go into sin to find. You want to be happy? You want to have a full life? You go there, what happens to you? You're addicted. You're divorced. You're depressed. You're suicidal. You don't know what to do with your life. I'm talking to sheep who've been out there to have a great, happy life, and they came here and said, Ben, they're done that. I'll take Jesus and an abundant life, right, with him. He came to give you life. This is not a... Christianity is not a cramped, Victorian sort of restrictive lifestyle. It's, it's a relationship with the living God and resurrection power and the comfort of the Spirit and the leading of a good shepherd. I mean, there's no better life than the abundant life. Your soul comes alive. Jesus came to give us life. I'm the good shepherd, he said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Lays down his life for you and me. He who's a hired hand and not a shepherd, he who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, what does he do? He leaves the sheep and runs. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. A hired hand doesn't care about the sheep. A hired hand, is danger, says, I'm out of here, man. I don't need a job like this. But not Jesus. Jesus will never leave you, he'll never forsake you. He lays down his life for the sheep. He flees because he's a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. That's not the Lord. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Do you know God, he just, how do you, how do you say it over and over again? How much, he, how much he wants you to have peace and enjoyment and abundance and life and he loves you. How much he loves you. You say, well, how do I know that? How do I know? He laid down his life for you. He laid it down. No one took it from him. We'll see in a minute. He laid it down. I mean, if, if God, because of his love, chose in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity to come into this world, to die for you, does he, does he want you to have blessing in your life? I mean, if he's going to die for your sins so you could have eternal life, I mean, it's like, what are we thinking? No, no, I, I can do it myself. I know how to really have a good time. All right. Uh, we need the shepherd, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Okay, take a look at this claim here, all right? And there's another one. 
Talking about God the Father, Jesus says, uh, he knows me. Father knows me. What kind of claim is this? What's he saying here? Uh, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. God is my, you know, the Father in heaven. I know him. He knows me. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold and must bring them also, that they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock and one shepherd. There are people that are not here today that are yet to be reached. There are other sheep that are not part of this fold. And so at Easter, we're going to try to reach a bunch of them. We're going to invite all our, all our non-folded how do we say that? I don't know how you say it. But people that don't know the Lord yet, they're not part of the sheepfold. We're going to invite them all in here. And we're just going to love on them and give them pancakes all day, I guess. We're just going to do pancakes, right? I love that. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to love on them. And then they're going to come in here. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. And I'm going to give them an invitation to come to the Shepherd as their Savior and tell them about God's love. That's what I'm going to do Easter. And the scripture says, those who hear his voice will come. Not everybody hears it. In Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those whom God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Those he's chosen, he calls. We get to be part of that. I'm not, I can't wait. We're just going to call out. There's God to love you. Jesus died. Who, whosoever may come. Are there any sheep out there that have never heard his voice and now you're hearing it? Come. Be saved. Become part of the sheepfold. He came. He laid down his life for you to give you eternal life. I lay down my life that I might take it up again. He gave his life and then rose from the dead. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to do that, to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. Very important verse here. Listen, no one took Jesus' life from him. He gave it. You understand that? Some people... They sort of present Jesus as like a martyr, right? It was a good movement. Jesus had this great movement going, and then the Romans got the best of him and killed him. Sad, sad story. How sad? No, it's not a story of martyrdom. It's a story of somebody giving their life. And I can show this to you in Scripture. It's so obvious. So It's so clear. The night Jesus was betrayed... And arrested, John records this, and John would have been there, the gospel writer. Those who were seeking Jesus, it was at night. They, they couldn't see real well. They had their clubs and their torches, and, and Jesus was led, or the, the crowd, the soldiers, whoever was in that group to arrest Jesus, were led there by Judas Iscariot to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus hung out. And uh, they come that night, and Jesus went up to him and said, who are you looking for? Okay, that, that's just ironic, huh? Like, rather than running, I mean, it's like, who, who are you looking for? They said, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And then Jesus said to them, I am he. And when he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. 
Some of you don't realize that's in John's gospel. It's not in the other gospels. It's in John. I am. Boom. They all fall to the ground. Peter whips out his sword. You know, Peter's going to like defend Jesus. Whips out his sword. Goes for Malchus. Caiaphas's servant, Malchus's head, knocks off his ear. Jesus heals his ear and, and tells Peter to put his sword away. Jesus says, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Matthew records, and Jesus says, do you not think that I can appeal to my Father who will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? If I wanted right now, I could say, Father, send me 12 legions of angels. And they'd come. How many is a legion? It's 6,000. So 12 times 6 is 72. 72,000 angels. Put your sword away, Peter. One angel is recorded in Isaiah. Isaiah 36. One angel went out in answer to the prayer of Hezekiah when the Assyrians threatened the city of Jerusalem, one angel went out and killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. One angel, 185,000. Jesus says, I can call, call 72,000 right now. You get the picture. I, I give my life. You get it? Why, do you, why is that? Because he loves you. He's the good shepherd. Never doubt that God's ways are best. Never doubt that Jesus Christ came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Never doubt that he loves you and nothing will ever be able to separate you from his love. There was again some division among the Jews, no surprise here, a division. Many of them says, he has a demon, he's insane, why listen to him, let's go. He's talking about God being his father, talking about his sheep, how he lays down his life for the sheep. And there are some people in the crowd that go, dude, you know, you need drugs. You need counseling. You, you are, you're crazy. You flipped. I mean, that's right. But I told you, we've seen this over and over again. There, either Jesus really is the son of God or he's insane. That's it. Because you don't make these kind of claims. If they're not true, you, it's crazy. What are we doing here? Following a madman? Worshiping somebody who's demon-possessed? What are we doing here? We've come to faith that he really is the Son of God. We've come to faith that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And if he really is the Son of God, then everything changes. Everything. Christianity is not about you learning some things to be a better person. It's about a confrontation with the living God. And every person needs to have that moment where it's you and God. What are you going to do with his son? Will you come to him as your savior? Confess your sins. Fall at his feet. And acknowledge him as Lord. I pray you do that. I pray you hear his voice. Only those who hear his voice will come. Others said, well, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes, a demon open the eyes of the blind and we're talking here, we're in John chapter 10. Well, in John 9, 
immediately preceding this chapter, Jesus has healed a man who was born blind. He's given him his sight. Everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. The people are like, now that's a sign, you know. Not only is he claiming to be the, the son of God, he's also showing us through the miracles. We believe. We believe. The whole gospel of John is intended to bring you to a place where you believe. And I'm, I'm just a preacher preaching one chapter here today, but I mean, there's 21 chapters in John. In chapter 20, John says, these things have been written to you that you may know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that you would believe. He's got a point. He's writing this. He's got a point. He wants you to see who he is and come to faith. Pronounce your faith. Acknowledge your faith. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Have you heard his voice? You recognize his voice? I give them eternal life. Ooh, I can't wait. When you die, it's not the end, it's the beginning. You know, just die and become fertilizer, you know? I mean, Scripture doesn't teach that. You're an eternal soul. You're a soul. You're not just a body. You're a soul. A soul at the point of death for the believer goes into eternity. And at the coming of Jesus Christ, that body that went into the grave is joined to be with that soul to live eternally on a new heaven and a new earth. Eternal life, they'll never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. I love that. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. You're secure. Uh Uh-oh, notice a statement like this. I and my Father are one. He's doing it again, making statements like that. I told you, you can go to Trader Joe's and you start making statements like this. You and God the Father are one. The Father sent you. You lay down your life for your sheep. It's like, yeah, you're a cult, man. Right? He's, he's either the son of God or he isn't. I'm the father of one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Why? For blasphemy, Jesus says to them. I've shown you many good works from, my fa- from the father. For which of them are you going to stone me? I've done a lot of good things. Je- the Jews answered, it's not for the good work that you are doing to stone you, but it's blasphemy because you being a man make yourself God. Again, who is Jesus Christ? He is the eternal Son. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons in one essence, existing from all eternity. It's called the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. The second person came into this world and took on human flesh, was born of the Virgin Mary through the Holy Spirit. Miraculous birth, while being fully human, he also, the eternal son, never diminished his deity. He was fully God. He's the God-man. He's the son of man, the son of God. Well, why did he become human? He became human so that when he went to the cross, he could represent humanity. He's the second Adam. The first Adam blew it. He's the second Adam. He lived a perfect human life. But he was also fully God, the eternal son. Why? So that at the cross, he represents God. He is the perfect atonement for your sins and mine. But they're like, no, I can't buy the second part. No, 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 no. They don't buy that. The shepherd is the door, the door of the sheep. Shepherd gives abundant life. 
the devil wants to steal from you and, and destroy everything. Some of you have come out of that. You know that. <clears throat> you know the devil wants to destroy you with addictions and, and sins and, and affairs and, you know, you name it. I mean, the devil's just got like putting this path before you, drugs and everything else to destroy you. I mean, he wants to destroy everything. But Jesus Christ came to give you a life for your soul. So you come alive. He knows the sheep by name. He lays down his life for the sheep. He is one with the Father. This is a good shepherd. You know, there are, <clears throat> there are hard times I, in life. Some of you are going through some really hard times. And uh, you got physical, maybe just got some news about some physical stuff that you're going to have to go through tests and all that, or your children are going through it big time. Uh, some of you are uh, facing really difficult relational struggles, maybe in a marriage or with a family member, and it's just taking all your energy. I mean, it's just draining you. It's, what are you going to do? The future seems very um, confusing, doubtful. You have a lot of fear about all of that. It's what the Bible calls the, the shadow of death in that Psalm 23. I quoted for you verse 4, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, it could be you in a hospital room or going to visit somebody else, but it feels everything much like a shadow of death. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now here's the thing, sheep. The shepherd never said it would be easy for us. Never. I mean, if you think you're going to come to Jesus and have your life be easy, then let me be the first to say you are, you are sadly mistaken. That's not going to happen. It's hard. It's a fallen world. We have fallen bodies. We have, you know, sins everywhere. I mean, it's like, it's, it's going to be hard. Jesus said, in this world you have trouble, but take courage. I've overcome the world. He, the shepherd, never leaves you in the valley of the shadow of death. He provides his rod, which was for protection, you know, to throw at wolves, and, and then his staff, which was for guidance. He's, he's with you. And some of you, you know, rather than having doubts at a time that you're in the shadow, right, of death, rather than doubts, just get a little closer to the shepherd. Listen a little, a little more to his voice. Open yourself up to hear from him a promise, a word of encouragement. Don't be disillusioned. Like, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, that's not. Jesus told us we're going to be like this. Hard. There's coming a day, though eternal life. It's coming a day, a new heaven and a new earth. Now, he'll never leave. So let's, as a sheepfold, let's help each other, encourage each other, and hold on. The sheep, they know the shepherd's voice. If I said right now, how many of you, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you have heard the shepherd's voice and are absolutely absolutely assured that you know him and he knows you. Most of the hands are go up in here because you've heard his voice and you've, you've responded to it. Some of you go, I don't know if I've heard his voice. You have doubts. You have doubts about that. I want to pray with you today, right? Because there shouldn't be a doubt in your mind. If you've heard the, the shepherd's voice and, uh, and responded to him, the spirit of God confirms that to you. If you don't have it confirmed, then uh, today would be the day to just get that straight. Follow the shepherd. That's what we do. Sheep by nature are not very smart, right? Then they wander off. That's Jesus saying we're sheep is perfect because we just need to follow our shepherd. 
We get off by ourselves. We get into danger. We take matters into our own hands. We need him. We just need him. Follow, follow his word. And we receive eternal life, eternal life from the shepherd. Let's pray together as a sheep to the good shepherd. Let's, as we're in prayer right now. Some of you, I said, you may have doubts as to whether you really know the Lord. I want to talk to you a minute. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He said he's mine. And if you have any doubt at all whether or not you really belong to him, right now would be the time to say to the shepherd, you do this in your own prayer, oh Lord Jesus, I come to you. You laid down your life for me. You are the perfect son of God. I believe. I believe. You died. You rose. You're coming again. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, and speak to me, even now. By the Holy Spirit, speak to me. I want to follow you. God, we acknowledge there'll be a lot of people that are coming at Easter that don't know you. They've never heard your voice. They've never been called. We pray that by your mercy and grace, you will call hundreds. Even in our county, thousands. Call them they might recognize your voice and follow you. We love you, Lord Jesus, and pray in your name. Amen.